you may or may not have be familiar with the phrase called eschatology, but that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're studying the end times and familiarizing ourselves with things that are to come. Daniel is a huge part of that study. We've touched in part on some of Daniel's visions. Why do we have to incorporate Daniel in our study of the end times and what is to come? Um, why, why is that such an importance? Because other than Revelation... Daniel is the book that contains the most information pointing toward the end times. And in Daniel 7, we spoke a few weeks ago about the four beasts that are, uh, are mentioned from Daniel's vision. And the first three are pretty much accounted for and we spoke that the first beast was representing Babylon. And that was depicted as a lion. The second beast was Persia. And that was depicted as a bear. And the third beast was Greece. And that was depicted as a leopard. But that fourth beast, there's something different about that one. And it's, the Bible says that it was distinct, if you will, from all of the other ones. And because of this, it, it, we need to take note of it. And this fourth beast, it's like there's something different that happens when that fourth beast comes into play here. And that fourth beast is pointing to things that we have yet to see or that are happen happening even now in our lifetimes. The fourth beast has no animal to represent it. Like a lion we understand, we can recognize, or you know, a bear, we, we understand what that means. You know? And uh, my family was at the um, sportsman's show yesterday, and uh, I just, I love going to those things and taking my kids and uh, getting them excited about the outdoors, you know, and, which is kind of my heart a bit, and I uh, love nature and being out in it and experiencing it, camping and, and whatnot. And um, to see some of, you know, the bears that have, you know, been, I don't know what you call them, stuffed or whatever they call it, um, but they're big and Colin's eyes are just like, whoa, you know, and so we, we have a, um, a strong representation when these other three beasts are mentioned. We can say, oh, yeah, I know what that is. But this fourth one, it's almost a, a composite of a bunch, you know, bunch of different things. This one's got horns on it. It's ten horns. And, and it's powerful. It's really powerful. 
and it kind of tramples over everything and devours everything. And, and then you may uh, remember this one horn that comes up in the middle and uproots three others, so that leaves us with a total of eight now. All right, so there's something going on there that we really need to take notice of. And we know that um, a lot of things are symbolic of different nations, okay? When, we talk, when you hear of, of the word seas and things like that, it's representing nations in Daniel. Okay? Uh, can, can Daniel be trusted as a source, if you will, of information pointing to the end times? We, we take it as that, don't we? Why, though? Why is Daniel, of all the books, why is Daniel so important? I'm going to give you a, a number of reasons, and, and I've told you before that we're talking about things that I don't know a lot about right now. And we're kind of learning together, if you will. We're learning about stuff that is not really talked about very much. And sometimes because of the symbolism, it takes some effort to understand it. And Daniel, if you read back a little bit further, Daniel had committed himself to understanding the prophecies, and specifically of Jeremiah, okay? And we're kind of doing the same thing, are we not? We're committing ourselves to understand and we're asking God's blessing on, to help us understand these things. We're asking for God's wisdom in understanding the end times, okay? Some of it, we're going to be able to say, yes, this, is, this means this, this means this. Other things we're going to be like, mm, that remains to be seen. Okay, brother, I gotta tell you, it's so good to see you this morning. <laughs> good to see you out of the hospital and back in the yes, you brother. <laughs> Enough of that hospital business. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, can it be trusted? I believe that it can, and I believe, you know, much of Christendom, as they would say, Christianity believes that Daniel can be trusted. Why? Why, though? It's very important. I want to take some time to investigate why we're trusting Daniel's visions as something that is important and essential even in our study of the end times, this eschatology that we're involved in, okay? And God at that time was giving new important Biblical truth. Now, I'm going to be quoting a guy named Marv Rosenthal. Do you guys know him? Have you, are you familiar with him, Marv Rosenthal? Um, Dad, I know that you are. Um, he is a man that I believe has a very accurate view of the end times. And he's, he's a very humble man from what I can uh, take from his writings. And uh, I really like this guy. He's from... A, an organization called Zion's Hope, and he puts out a magazine called Zion's Fire. So I would challenge you to look up some of his writings. Marv Rosenthal, man who has a heart for Israel, and I've come to uh, really respect him. 
And he says, God was, and I quote it, giving new important biblical truth. Therefore, we must give our utmost attention, seek to understand it, and allow it to impact our lives. For clearly, he says, this is God's intention. And I, I agree with that. The book of Daniel is different. It's, it's kind of unique in a way. It stands out, if you will, among some of the other books of the Bible in some very important ways that we need to take notice of. Number one, when this book was written, the Old Testament was not yet complete. Okay? So it was still being... Uh, put together, God was still revealing himself and giving revelations and visions to people. Newly inspired, biblical revelation through his servants, through dreams and visions and the like. These were all methods God used to communicate to his people back then. Would you agree? Right? And Daniel was divinely inspired at some point, to write down and record these visions that he had. A second reason that we would take Daniel to be important and that we would be able to trust Daniel. Um, the Lord Jesus himself put his stamp of approval, if you will, on Daniel's vision, on Daniel's writings, and that he quoted it himself and called Daniel a prophet from his own mouth, okay? So from Jesus' perspective, looking back on the prophets, he called Daniel a prophet, okay? And that's in Matthew 24, 15, if you want to turn there. And that's talking, you know, that's talking about some of the end times as well. And specifically it says... So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through who? The prophet Daniel. Okay? He doesn't just name, doesn't just say spoken of through Daniel. He says spoken of through the prophet Daniel. So that gives a lot of credibility coming from Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, who recognizes Daniel as a prophet. Do you see the weight that that brings to this book? All right? The Son of God himself recognized Daniel's part that was being played in biblical history and biblical prophecy. Okay? Our Lord and Savior himself quoted him. This, ha this leaves the strongest implications as to the weight of this book. Extremely powerful approval that Jesus is stamping on Daniel, the prophet. The son of the Most High, the, the Messiah, recognizes Daniel and his important role. Number three, another reason why we should incorporate and take notice of Daniel in our study of the end times. Daniel himself was told three times by angels, which are God's messengers, 
okay? He was told three times that he was greatly beloved or highly esteemed, okay? In Daniel 9, 23, 10, chapter 10, 11, and 10, 19, if you want to write those down. These angelic beings sent by God tell Daniel, Daniel that he is greatly favored. He's highly esteemed. He is beloved of God. All right, so now, if we... So what's hap- what does this mean? What does this mean? We hear it a few times in the Bible. Okay? God... It means God loved Daniel. He's sending a message to Daniel with the greeting, you who are highly esteemed, you who are beloved of God. (laughs) That's huge. That's huge. He wanted everyone to know Everyone that reads Daniel's words for thousands of years to come to take notice and to respect what this guy has to say. And it's kind of, if you're looking through binoculars, it's, it's focusing in on what Daniel has to say because of this setup, if you will, okay? Something is leading us to say, hey, Take notice of this stuff. This is really important. Okay? If God tells somebody that he loves them, we the readers need to pay attention to what that person has to say, and we are wise and we are right to do so. Okay? You may remember, recall in other places in the Bible, you who are highly favored, Who else received that sort of greeting? Do you remember? Mary. Yeah, Mary did. Okay. And if you want to turn to Luke 1.28, we'll just take a quick look at that. I'll just kind of set it up. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and he said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. You who are highly favored. She was a pretty important person to take notice of, wouldn't you say? In the scope of biblical history. And all that God himself had set in motion through the birth of our Savior, the Son of God. The sacrifice once for all. Do you see how all these things tie in together? Sometimes we read a scripture and we kind of just... we. It stands alone, in a sense. But if you tie it into everything, tie it into the cross, everything points to the cross. Do you, you know, and it just brings it all together, and all these things that are woven, the scriptures that are woven throughout time are, are just pulled right together and knotted together. And each one complements the other one. 
you who are highly favored. It says Mary was greatly troubled at his. What, what kind of greeting is this, you know? She was highly favored of God. She would bear the Son of God, the mother of the Messiah. Where else did you hear maybe something along those lines where the beloved of God? Can you think of anything? John, yeah. John, yeah, there's a few others, right? Um, But John specifically, in verse 13, 23, in uh, chapter 20, in verse 2, the disciple Jesus loved you know I think I'd like to be known with that aka John also known as the disciple Jesus loved and you you may in other parts it says that John was reclining next to Jesus just kind of chill it he's kind of chill it <laughs> right they're kind of chilling they're eating together and they're talking and laughing and elbowing each other <laughs> you know the disciple Jesus loved and John was responsible for at least writing the gospel of John and possibly revelation and 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 first second and third John as well though there's some debate on those last two but either way there is some weight to somebody who is loved and beloved of God. And the fourth reason that we should take Daniel as important and take notice of Daniel's visions in light of our study of the end times is this. Of all of King Nebuchadnezzar's advisors, now you remember, King Nebuchadnezzar had had a vision, right? A dream? Now, we're, t- we're told before this that Daniel... Well, let's, let's look here. Daniel alone was able to tell the king what his dream was and interpret it for him in detail. Let's turn to Daniel 2, um, verse 45 through 47. So the king has a dream that greatly troubled him. And so... He knew that all the advisors that he had access to, these sayers and magicians and all these supposedly wise people the king had access to, that they would try to tell the king something that would benefit them, okay? And that would um, keep them alive because if you told the king something wrong, he had the power to kill you like that, Okay? And so he didn't really trust them. And so he says, this is what you guys are going to do for me. You're going to tell me my dream, and you're going to interpret it for me. And they're like, what? You're going to be kidding me. Nobody in all of history has ever asked such a crazy question, demanded such impossibilities. And he says, nevertheless, that's what you're going to do. And if you don't, off with your heads. You're all going to pay the price. 
Well, funny thing, nobody could recollect, if you will, the king's dream and, or interpret it for him. All right? And so he gives the command, all of you guys are dead. All of you. And he gives the command to put them all to death. Gather them all up and kill them all. I'm tired of it. I want to know what this means. And if you can't tell me, you're useless to me. And so he gives the command. You're all going to die. Well, Daniel gets wind of it. And he says, whoa, 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 hey, wait a minute here. What's going on? Why is the king so upset? Well, the king had a dream and it troubled him. He wants to know what it means. And Daniel says, tell the king not to kill all these guys. But just give me a shot. Give me a shot. And so in verse 45, it says, This is the meaning, Daniel says to the king, this is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and the interpretation is trustworthy. Okay? So Daniel tells the king what his vision was. King, this is what happened to you as you lied awake, uh, or lied asleep on your bed, and these visions passed through your mind. This is what happened, and this is what it means. So Daniel tells the king, you know, these are future things to come and what's going to ha happen to your kingdom. And so the king himself give, gives credence to Daniel's God-given ability, right? He, he knows it. He, he can tell. He's the only one that was able to do this by stating that Daniel's telling of and interpretation of the dream he himself had was correct. Okay? So Daniel gives the correct dream and the interpretation. And the king responds accordingly. Look, look down in verse let's look, uh, 46. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. Verse 47. The king said to Daniel... Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. And the king went on and he blessed the socks right off of Daniel. He blessed them. He blessed them. Fifth reason why we should take notice of Daniel in our study of the end times. Why is Daniel so important? Can Daniel be trusted? Daniel, fifth reason, was given by God the ability to understand and interpret all visions and dreams. Let's turn to Dan let's go back a page. Daniel 1, 17. To these four men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. Okay, so that's the first thing. All right, so... Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were all 
wise men that were kind of pulled from the ranks, if you will, of all of Israel. All right? And because it was noted that they had God-given abilities, knowledge and understanding, okay? Literature and learning. And then it says, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. So Daniel was even had greater gifts than these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right? Daniel's ability was even separate from those three, okay? In that, he had the God-given ability to understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Only Daniel was given that ability. Daniel is uniquely qualified to, to have the dreams and interpret them. He was given by God this ability, so we are wise to pay attention to Daniel's words as we study the end times. Do you agree? So Daniel, now later on after this, Daniel begins to have his own visions. It's like after this, things change. Up, up until this point, Daniel's been interpreting other people's visions. Okay? But after this, it's like something happens, something changes here, and God begins to real, reveal some things to Daniel himself. And gives him the interpretation. Which is where we find ourselves as Daniel was given the vision of these four beasts. All right, do you see how we've kind of come full circle here now? And so these four beasts represent to Daniel hundreds of years later. If I'm not mistaken, it was 600 years between Daniel and Jesus. And then sometime after Jesus that some of these things took place. All right, so you're talking at least 600 years. And here we are. We are living in the time of this fourth beast, which is a conglomerate, if you will, of, of the other ones. And all, each one of these horns represents a nation and, and kings and how all these things play together. Okay? So we're going to continue our study. And most of our studies that we've done, you know, two to four weeks, give or take, um, this is something that is, is not like that. So we're going to continue to study these things and we'll divert from them from time to time to cover other subjects and whatever, whatever God leads, I'm going to follow. Okay? But I believe that God wants us to be studying Daniel and Revelation. Okay? And God is preparing us. And I believe that this year, 2015, is a, an important year. And we've done some talking about the four blood moons, right? And how we need to be on God's calendar as opposed to our calendars. We need to be on God's timeline, wouldn't you think? You know, we just set our, our clocks, what do we, set them ahead? We lost that hour of sleep. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> you know, and, and, and those things work well for us, and we've patterned our lives around all our clocks and our calendars and stuff like that. But those things are not necessarily God's calendar. 
We need to make sure as his followers, as his believers, as his people, that we are following God's calendar. All right? And the, the Bible talks about signs in the heavens. Okay? Signs in the heavens. What does that mean? Well, the stars, the, the, the planets, um, all, all of these things, you know? And the sun and the moon. And God put those things, stars, in the sky as signs for man, for you, the Bible says. And so we need to keep an eye on what's going on in the sky, okay? It's very important. We need to keep our eyes on Israel. Man, some, some things are really heating up over in that area, aren't they? We need to keep our eyes on Israel. And we were talking Wednesday night, and I'm going to close here in a moment, um, that as we keep our eyes on Israel and we pray for Israel's peace, the peace of Jerusalem, right? That we need to keep in mind that many of the Jewish people in Israel do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Okay? Or the Son of God. That that tells us that there are, though God's people, the chosen people, if you will, Israel, many of them are not saved. Okay? We need to keep that in mind. And we need to be praying for Israel in that regard. Yeah, we pray for her safety. We pray for her peace. But don't forget the most important thing. Israel needs Jesus. Just like we all do. We're, we're all Gentiles. Okay? We've been grafted into that vine, as the Bible says. Okay? We've been made a part of the family through the blood of Jesus. But the chosen people, the Jews, Israel need to know Jesus as well. Right? The only way to get to the Father, unless you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. All right? We all, including Israel, need to be born again by the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's just close in prayer. Amen? We got lots of... Uh, <laughs> We got lots of good stuff waiting out there for us. So I hope that you can stay. Let's pray together. Would you just raise your hands with me? Just, just raise them up to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. We just thank you for our family, God. Thank you for this place. Thank you for each and every soul that is here, young and old alike, Lord God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit being here when we're here, we're here together. Father, we just pray that you would lead us into these end times. Lord, they're a little... They make us a little bit nervous, Lord, to be honest with you. But, Lord, we know that our hope is in you. And all these things are coming to play because you're coming to take your people to be with you, Lord Jesus. So help us to understand your word. Help us to give us wisdom, God, to understand your scriptures. Help us to know what we are to do. What's our responsibility, Lord? Give us love. Give us unity for each other. 